Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Your money with Michelle, only on Money FM 89.3. Money and me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Twenty twenty witnessed a historic disruption in the global labor markets as a result of the COVID nineteen pandemic. In fact, the short term consequences were often sudden and severe, with millions of people losing their jobs while others rapidly adjusted to working from home as offices closed. In fact, we have also seen how the COVID nineteen pandemic accelerated existing trends in remote work, e commerce and automation. But as we step closer to an endemic world, we're also seeing the return to business as usual across most firms in Singapore. Though there remains doubt as to whether we can go back to a full office working model. I mean, think about it. Most of us would be convinced of the efficiency of remote working. Employees are all demanding for improved flexibility. And with the ever-present concerns around the resurgence of a COVID-19 wave, companies have another factor to worry about. So how receptive are companies looking towards a model of having permanently distributed teams spread across multiple locations? Well, today on Money & Me, we'll be taking a closer look at a survey done by Remote, which reveals the approach Singaporean companies are taking in an attempt to address current business priorities. So without further ado, let's welcome on the show Christopher McNamara, the chief and the chief revenue officer at Remote, to tell us more about some of the growing trends of remote hiring and distributed workforce strategies in the region. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you very much for having me. Wonderful, Chris. Now, before you know, let's just get right uh, started right into it. Let's talk about some of the key findings from the IDC, AP, SMB, and mid market hiring trends of the 2023 survey. Talk to us about you know what were some of the highlights. Yes. Well, we recently completed a survey of over 400 companies from Singapore, Australia, New Zealand and India to understand a little bit more about their hiring intentions over the course of the next 12 to 18 months. Mm. What we found really interestingly was that companies in Singapore are expecting to hire between 20 and 30% of their employees from outside the national boundaries. Mm. And it was surprising to us to see just how many businesses, particularly small to medium-sized corporations, are expecting to fill both permanent roles and contractor roles through remote employment. Wow. Interesting. Okay, yes. So then why do you think we're seeing a growing trend of remote hiring and distributed workforce strategies in the APAC region? I think there's two really significant vectors that are influencing how Singaporean businesses are thinking about international hiring. Right. And probably the single biggest issue, I think, facing many Singaporean companies that are hiring right now is the talent shortage that they're experiencing for certain types of roles in the local market. Mm. I was recently in Singapore for the HR Tech conference and had the chance to speak to a number of local business leaders. And I asked the group of business leaders that I was meeting with, what percentage of you or how many of you are experiencing difficulties hiring for open roles and more than half the people in the room raised their hand. So it's very clear that many companies, I think, are finding difficulties filling open roles and increasingly they're uh, exploring other locations where they can fill the top of their talent pipeline with great uh, individuals that may not necessarily be based locally. So I think... Talent shortage is the first key issue. 
second issue that I think many Singaporean companies are grappling with, as is the case in other parts of the world and throughout APAC, is that increasingly prospective employees expect greater levels of flexibility mm. on the side of their employer. Yeah. And more and more, we're seeing um, job-seeking candidates being prepared to trade off salary for increased flexibility and the ability to work from home. A recent study that was conducted in the United States found that job seekers are prepared to trade off between 7 and 10% of their salary in order to gain access to increased flexibility and the ability to work remotely. So I think these two factors are influencing how all companies, including those in Singapore, are thinking about remote work. Well, wow, very interesting, and uh, certainly quite, you know, uh, it's quite spec, uh, it's quite spectacular seeing how things have evolved, you know, ever since the COVID nineteen pandemic. So, you know, what does this actually suggest about the evolution of remote work adoption among Asia Pacific companies? What's the change in the approach? Yeah, well, our belief is that what started as a bit of a reaction to the global pandemic has become a sort of awakening to yeah. the benefits of remote work on the part of both employers and employees. And the research that we've done alongside of a number of other studies have suggested the benefits to the employer can be significant. Yeah. We conducted a study with over a thousand companies across the Asia Pacific and other parts of the world last year. And we found that over 60% of the companies that we surveyed found that the quality of job applicants that they were able to reach when opening up their talent pipeline mm. to remote locations increased. Wow. We also found that 35% of those same companies reported increased levels of competitiveness in those international markets when they were hiring locally as opposed to trying to staff those locations from within their home country. And lastly, we found that um, roughly 70% of companies actually reported an improvement in productivity when moving to remote work right. um, amongst those remote working employees. So from the perspective of the employer, a number of benefits from accessing remote work in terms of being able to tap into larger talent pipeline and unlocking additional productivity. And then on the side of the employees who are able to work remotely, our studies and a number of other studies suggest that these employees who are working remotely have higher levels of self-reported job satisfaction. They exhibit lower levels of attrition mm. and uh, higher levels of engagement and motivation. So it's fantastic on the employee side to have access to this greater flexibility so that people can more effectively integrate their work life and their home life. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up. In fact, I think many of us would agree that remote working is um, it's something that most employees enjoy, wouldn't, it? <laughs> wouldn't you say? I think that's exactly right. And, and all of the surveys um, that I've seen amongst individuals who are working remotely hmm. suggest that the ability to um, more effectively balance your work and your life yeah. um, gives rise to improved levels of, of job satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And that actually translates into higher levels of personal productivity at work, interestingly enough.
Yeah, productivity. I think that's something that we got to highlight as well. The companies, because many of them may be skeptical with, you know, in terms of how efficient or productive uh, productive the employees would be at home. But then, you know, this raises a question, though. What concerns relating to remote working are you hearing on the ground as well? Yeah, in this um, set of meetings that I recently had in Singapore, there are three main concerns that mm. came up from companies that were considering remote work. The first concern is around being able to find the right people. I think yeah. at times, Singaporean companies are finding it difficult to understand how do you navigate a talent acquisition uh, environment where you know, you're unfamiliar with that particular location. And I think the good news on that front is that there are a number of businesses like ours um, that can assist in, in helping you to navigate the dynamics of that local environment. Mm. And what we've found is absolutely critical is having a very deep understanding of what employees or prospective employees value in those locations. And it's not just about salary. It's about the benefits that you're offering yeah. to those prospective uh, employees. And uh, different locations are simply very different. And uh, understanding uh, not only your obligations, but what constitutes a compelling offer for a prospective employee in these different parts of the world, I think is very, very important. So that was the first kind of key challenge that was mentioned. The, the second major challenge that was mentioned was one around compliance. Mm. And I think local Singaporean companies may at times be unclear around what their compliance obligations are outside of the country and uncertain about where to get the right type of advice. Yeah. And again, the rise of businesses like remote enables companies to more quickly and more effectively than ever access expertise in how to hire, employ, and pay people outside of their home country. And you know, this is precisely why our business exists. Right. You no longer need to have that expertise and that knowledge in-house you can actually rely on a third party to bring all of that together for you and effectively outsource your compliance obligations by utilizing an employer of record like remote to employ people compliantly on your behalf. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Thank you for that, Chris. Now, what about technological technological challenges that's faced by teams looking to adopt a distributed model? How do you think they're addressing these issues? Yeah, I think that more and more um, businesses are finding ways to unlock the productivity benefits that can be gained through remote work yeah. through an increased investment in collaboration technology. And I think um, the landscape has evolved a lot over the course of the last couple of years, and we've seen actually an explosion of, of technology that's specifically oriented around enabling distributed teams. Mm. And it wasn't so long ago, I think, if you were to go back a few years, that you would have seen far less prevalence of uh, pieces of software that enable concurrent ed- editing, concurrent workflow, and concurrent management of yeah. um, programs of, of work. And um, over the course of the last two years, this has become... Um, incredibly popular and important amongst modern organizations. One of the things that we think is really important for companies who are considering distributed work models and remote work models is that if you're working with teams that exist in multiple time zones, it's very important to shift 
your approach to managing work towards asynchronous models, mm. meaning that you can't assume that people are working at the same time anymore and you can't rely on traditional forums like meetings to always coordinate and align the activity of your teams. Yeah. Instead, it becomes really important to create forums and avenues for documentation that enable teams to capture their work and, um, and access the work of other teams asynchronously at different times. And uh, our business is a company of roughly a thousand people. We have employees in over 70 countries around the world. Wow. It's simply not possible to yeah. host meetings for people at a convenient time when they're based in 70 different countries, right? Mm. So, you know, we've had to figure out how do you coordinate and align the activity of people that are so spread out in different places? And one of the solutions that we've found is very effective is moving to, to pieces of software like Notion or the Google Suite that enables concurrent and parallel processing of work, yeah. um, easy kind of sharing, um, and the ability to um, hand off work seamlessly between teams that are in different places and potentially even different time zones. Yeah, fascinating to see how everything is rolling out and how the advancement of technology is allowing all of this to happen as well. Now then, Chris, what else can be done to motivate companies to accept remote working in their workplace or perhaps even having permanently distributed teams spread across multiple locations? Well, I think that one of the main things that, that companies should be considering right now is what is the cost of not embracing remote work and distributed mm. work? And uh, I think that within the context of the talent shortages that we're seeing in Singapore and in many countries around the world and the associated delays in hiring that that can create if you're fixated on hiring in your only in those locations where you have an office, the cost to the speed at which the business can move can be substantial. Mm. And we have been examining this within the context of our business at Remote. And we've found that the companies we're partnering with in many instances have been able to hire 50% more quickly. They've been able to reduce time to hire by about 50% wow. by opening up the talent acquisition top of funnel through accessing locations outside of their home country. Right. And you know, this has had dramatic effects on the ability of those businesses to bring their own product or service to market to advance their own strategic imperatives. And you know, I think certainly the case that remote work uh, is not without its challenges. I, you know, I don't think any of us should, should pretend that um, operating a globally distributed team is easy. Mm. It's not. Yeah. Um, but it's it's far easier, I think, today than it was a number of years ago through the emergence of companies like Remote and through the emergence of technologies that we just discussed that support globally distributed teams in ways that you know, simply didn't exist a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. In fact, you know, we talk about the technology that's available today. And back then, you know, it's a little bit hard because, you know, colleagues wouldn't be able to get in touch if they wanted to. But now, you know, we have, you know, from everything from the likes of video conferencing or live video feeds that can even help, you know, um, employees perhaps connect better as well 
uh, working remotely. I hope my boss is listening to this. <laughs> but anyways, uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for that, Chris. Now, talk to us about how remote is supporting this trend and empowering companies to become global powerhouses. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, remote was founded uh, roughly four years ago, pre-pandemic. Right. And um, what we found over the course of the last few years is an explosion in interest in distributed work and remote work models. Right. And our company is really predicated on a belief that talent can be literally anywhere around the world. Mm. And we exist to enable companies to unlock the tremendous benefit that can come from accessing that talent. Right. And over the course of the last 12 to 18 months in particular, where more and more companies have experienced challenges hiring from their uh, own locations where they have an entity or uh, headquarters or offices, we've found more and more businesses looking to explore remote work and distributed teams, but they've confronted, I think, uncertainty around how to access international talent because how to employ and pay someone compliantly in a foreign location can feel complicated and overwhelming. Mm. And I think, you know, once upon a time, that was very true. You would need to have your own army of lawyers and uh, accountants and uh, internal experts Mm. um, or third-party experts uh, that you would engage to try and figure out what your obligations were. And now you can actually rely on a business like remote to Mm. bring together all of that required expertise on your behalf as a company that employs over 20,000 people around the world in virtually every location that you can think of. So we work with companies not only in Singapore and throughout the Asia Pacific, but across North America, Europe and Latin America to help them access the benefits of remote work. And there's scarcely a location around the world where we don't have the infrastructure and the capability to employ someone on your behalf. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's our job to maintain a very up-to-date understanding of our compliance obligations as an employer in lo- those locations so that our customers don't have to. And so, you know, what would typically take months in, in terms of uh, figuring out how to approach hiring and employing and paying someone and getting set up to do that you can do in a matter of days through wow. remote. And so we bring tremendous simplicity and efficiency and expertise to solving this problem. And now, almost regardless of where you are in the world and your size as a company, you can access the benefits of um, global employment through a business like remote. Mm, very, very fascinating. Thank you so much for that, Chris. But before I let you go, why not share with us your outlook of remote working and how do you see how do you see this space evolving in the next few years? Yeah, yeah. Our perspective at Remote is we don't think the demand for distributed work and remote work is is going anywhere. Mm. And over the course of the last six months, I think there have been a handful of high-profile businesses in the United States and other companies uh, around the world, business leaders like Elon Musk, calling people back to the office. I think that, you know, this has created a question for some companies uh, as to whether or not remote work is here to stay. And our 
point of view is that it is absolutely uh, here to stay and actually demand for the flexibility associated with distributed work and remote work is only going to increase. Mm. And you know, we continue to see massive interest in remote work amongst the job-seeking population. And recent data that was published by LinkedIn suggests that remote job listings uh, represent only uh, 15% of the total job listings on the platform, but constitute roughly 50% of total job applications. Wow. So the amount of interest amongst job seekers in the flexibility afforded by remote work is absolutely tremendous. And we don't think that that, that is, is going anywhere. And we anticipate more and more that the companies that fail to embrace kind of remote work will find themselves disadvantaged in the war for uh, not only acquiring talent, but Mm. retaining your best talent. Uh, And already in the United States, we see employees exiting companies like Twitter, specifically because of the way in which the remote work policies have changed. Right. And uh, now in this day and age, there is a lot of choice uh, available to uh, pres- to employees and prospective employees around uh, who their employer is yeah. and looking to gain access to the type of flexibility that they want. Wow. Fascinating. Thank you so much for that, Chris. You know, this is a space that is it's ever-evolving and it's something that I think many of us would be excited to watch out very closely for. Thank you for joining us this morning, Chris. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we've been speaking to Christopher McNamara, the Chief Revenue Officer at Remote, to talk about the extent of workforces' dependence on distributed workforces in a post-COVID world. Continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.